Okay, we are live. Three, two, one. We are live. What's up, guys? John Sintes here, Cutter Nation Podcast. Getting back into it. Got a special guest, my man, Dustin Geiger. Oh, I've got the wrong brand over here. I meant to, you know? Oh, no. Dang. We got excited talking here. Let me, let me <laughs> drop this in here real quick. Oh, okay. You guys get the bare bones of the podcast here. Oh, that's not it either. This this little service is beautiful. Yeah, the first time seeing this. You have to upload it. Right. Let me show you. Let's show everybody the behind the scenes stuff here. Unless we're liars, or we didn't say that. All right, it's earlier over there. Yeah, you know what? It's earlier. Here it is, guys. You're just gonna have to bear bear with me. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes you're unprepared. It happens. (laughs) It happens. Anyway, well, Dustin, you and I have met over the time frame here, and. I ran into you, recognized you, saw the Durango stuff, and I was like, mm-hmm. I got to say something to this guy because you came in after me when I was in Durango with the all-road season, as I like to call it, because we did not play a home yeah. game for 35 days, which was amazing. And for those, those of you uh, who are just world travelers, it's not exactly fun to just live in a backpack and a baseball bag for 35 days. Yeah, not going from Fiesta Inn to Fiesta Inn on every single Mexico city. Um <laughs> It's not like you're in Cancun or Cabo every, uh, you know, every day either. You're kind of in the grind. So, yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. There's literally a team called, like, the Road Warriors in the American or the uh, Atlantic League. I couldn't imagine playing 140-game seasons where so you, know you, you're, you know you have no home games. Like, and that's right. insane. Yeah, exactly. You're just – this is where we're at. Yeah, so yeah. My, first, my first professional baseball experience was in the Pecos League. So – you know, the drive yourself league is as well difficult. So I was, I felt like I did the minor league difficult situation just in case something's mm-hmm. going to happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, I tell anybody, like, if you understand what the Pecos League is, it's great because you got to get numbers, you got to play. It helps you create an identity for yourself to move on to the next level. But for sure, don't stay more than two years. I put one and a half years in and I was like, man, I am just, over- if this is what it is, I'm out. That's what I thought. Yeah. For sure. yeah. You know, so. Why don't you do me a favor real quick, introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah, um, let's start off with where you're from, how you grew up, you know, drafted, sure. the whole thing. You know, don't don't leave it short. <laughs> okay, I'll try to keep I'll I'll try to keep it short. It can get kind of long. Um, yeah, guys, Dustin Geiger. I'm um, from Merritt Island, Florida originally. Uh, based out of Austin, Texas right now, though. Um, was drafted in 2010 out of high school, out of Merritt Island High, and then kind of a little bit of a journeyman in the minor league system, as well as um, kind of got a little bit international there where went to Mexico for a couple of years to finish out my career. Um, I guess I retired in 2019, maybe not officially, but my wife likes to think that I'm fully retired. So hopefully she doesn't see this clip, <laughs> but you know, who knows? I get in the cage every once in a while and think yeah, I still got it. We'll figure it out. So, yeah, but yeah. having this passion for playing right now. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, let's see, who were you drafted by? And what was mm-hmm. the, you said you were the journeyman. You, you know, a lot of people don't know what that means. So help us explain yeah. what the journeyman idea is here. So I was drafted by the Cubs. Um, I played six seasons with them. Um, I got, from, it was like 2010 to 2015, got up to double A Tennessee with them. And then the journey kind of started. Um, 2015, I got released uh, about a month into the season. 
the other first baseman was like playing incredibly well. Uh, and I had a, a slow start. So it was like fully understandable. I jumped over to uh, the Wichita Wingnuts, who are no longer in the American Association. Um, had one of my favorite managers ever and Kevin Hooper, who uh, I believe is the infield coordinator still with the Padres. Just like an awesome human being, awesome manager. We had a crazy situation happen where like two pitchers, two starters got hurt. A guy had to go pitch in like the Pan Am games. So they had to trade me who at the time, and I, I was a little better about it at the time because I was like leading the team in average home runs and RBI. So I was like leading in the triple crown categories and we're 30 games into the season. It's a hundred game season. So I'm like, man, we're grinding. I'm having a great time to say, hey, we're going to trade you down to uh, Laredo. The, the lemurs who are no longer as well. Now it's, there's the Tecalotes for, um, and Dos Laredos for the LMB for Mexico. But the shortest bus ride for that, we're talking about bus rides and grind. The shortest bus ride was six hours from Laredo to Dallas. Um, that was, that was tough. Um, yeah, you have a sleeper bus and this, that, and the other, but like, and that ain't it. No. Uh, from there, I got traded again to Gary, Indiana um, for the Railcats. Some of you guys that, you know, are big on the indie ball circuit probably have seen Gary quite a bit. Um, they do a great job of like giving a lot of guys their, their first chance at, I guess, more of like that next step up for indie ball um, into the American association. I know it's getting shaken up this year. There's leagues everywhere. So like I'm not even fully into, into all of it. That offseason, I get traded back to Wichita. So 2016, I start in Wichita again. Don't do well for the first like month. Get released. I got released in any ball. And that's when I was like, okay, hey, this is 2016. I'm like, my career might be over, like completely over. Right. Um, I just got released from independent baseball. And uh, very got, was very fortunate to get picked up by Fargo in uh, North Dakota. And they're like, hey, we'll give you the same contract. You're good. Like, we've, we know how you play, blah, blah, blah. And I went in up there and I hit like 320 or something like that with a decent number of homers. I think it was like nine homers and stuff in like 60 games. Good enough to where the Marlins um, gave me an opportunity to play in 2017. So went to there in 2017, did okay. Um, Jeter came in that, that following year. There was a big kind of, you know, releasing of staff a lot most of the players that were free agents on minor league deals didn't get picked back up especially guys that hit like 220 i think i hit 220 in 2017 it was a joke um and then that off season i went through and had a lot of like swing change stuff and approach change with the with hitting and that's when i started that's when like my like time like i truly started to understand hitting um a little bit more biomechanics and just changing of approach based off of the player that I was, that was uh, Cody Atkinson was the first person to ever be like that influence for me. Um, when I was coaching with a select organization at the time, Cody actually came in, was talking to a bunch of the coaches. And I think I, funny enough, I was probably the only coach that was in that room at the time that like locked in and took it to heart. Everybody else, even now is still kind of running the same, you know, same philosophies and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, dude, you guys got to adapt. Like the game's changing. We have more data. We have like better, we were able to draw better conclusions. So I was like, I walked in 
and uh, you'll you'll know Scott Lacey. Scott, I've seen you post some of his stuff sometimes. He he trains players out of our building as well. And I walked in. He was doing some stuff with hitters at the time. I'm like, dude, I'm all in. He looks at me. He's like, what? I was like, I'm all in. He's like, I was like, let's make this swing change. I was like, it's you know, we're gonna crush or or I'm done anyway. Like I hit 220 last year. Whatever. Let's make a change. And uh, so we made made a bunch of adjustments. This is the first time I actually like got on hit tracks. Um, as well towards the end of that off season. So being able to track some of our data and, and like X of lows and all that stuff, um, get a call from like the Can-Am league and they're like, Hey, uh, you know, we're going to bring in, we're going to give you, it was like four grand a month. Um, we're going to get like, we'll give you four grand a month. We'll give you a, a two bedroom apartment. We know your wife's about to deliver a baby. Um, so, you know, we'll have a car for you as well. Oh, and because it's in Canada and Trois Rivières, the uh, all of your uh, your insurance and stuff is is just included because you're you're working here. So like your your initial stuff with your baby and your wife is going to be great. I'm like, sounds pretty sweet. Um, I'm like, okay, sounds good. Like verbal, I gave like a verbal in because I was still holding out hope that I was going to get a call for uh, affiliated. I get it. Uh, Mexico calls me and they're like, Hey, can you still play third base? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And they're like, I was like, well, but I have like this commitment over there. And they're like, no, 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 like, don't worry about that. Like you're this, this will be better. And they gave me a, like a, a double, of, double that offer. They're like the only obviously stipulation is that like you have to come to Mexico. And, uh, so I did that like completely ignorant of like, of Mexico itself because all oh, you hear stuff, you see stuff on the news and all that. And you're like this, that, and the other, and you get down there. And I'm like, the people are incredible, like super hospitable. I was in cabs and people are like apologizing for not knowing English. I'm like, I'm in your country. Like why should like, I'm, I'm learning Spanish so that I can like converse here. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, why are you apologizing to me? So like super just warming and welcoming people. Um, and then it helps when you play well too. So played yeah, for four they teams. Love, in, they love baseball. Love it's it. so much fun. Played for four teams in the summer league. I played for Armacio in the winter ball. And uh, yeah, man, like 2015 to 2019, I think I played for like 12 different teams. Oh my God. <laughs> Three. 30, yeah, it's, I played for 13 this, teams in six years. This baseball reference list is long. It's long. It was for sure long. You've, you've, You've got some time. You've got some service time into it. It's exciting, though. You know, you had yeah. you had some uh, buzzwords and some things on me. I wanted to go back to yeah. your Wichita days. Um, first of all, did you play with Jason or Josh Lowey? Did you happen to play with those younger guys? So I played with Josh. Um, well, I played against Josh when he was in Monclova. Okay. Um, he was, he's like the freaking like strikeout king of the, his, his uh, nickname is El Ray. That's his nickname. El Ray, the king. El Ray, the king. Um, (laughs) I mean, I do have, if if I searched, if I searched a little bit in my phone, there is a, a line shot of me. I think he tried to come in with a fastball, like in a one, two count. I had a freaking rope to left center. Um, (laughs) and it's all right. He should have thrown me another change up. I would have swung over the top of it, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I played with Josh, played against Josh um, when we were in the All-Star game in 2018 together. Like we were all at the beach the day before. So um, yeah, I'm great, great dude. Yeah, he's. And, I grew up with him. We were literally really? from the same town, like 
It's hilarious. So when I hear Wichita Wingnuts and about that time frame, yeah. like, so yeah. he's an interesting soul. I missed, him by, soul a, yeah, I missed him by a year. Yeah. I think he was there like in 2014. So, you know, he's won a championship in every league he's played in. Yeah. Which I'm not it's, surprised, right? Like he won one in the Frontier League, he won the American Association, he won one mm-hmm. in um, Can-Am, and then mm-hmm. he went to Mexico, won one with Monclova. And then yeah. I think he did winter ball one year and then just didn't like, there was some, some deal with it that he didn't like and he it. Pitched, um, and he pitched in the DR. And yeah, he pitched for in sure. The DR and then he I know did, he pitched he in Korea. A little too, bit like, in Korea. Yeah. 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 Uh, my story from, from Korea, from what I heard, is like it, he shoves everywhere he goes and then he gets over there and they're like, they're wanting to mess with a pitch. And he's like, you know, obviously like I'm going to try to, help y'all and I'll do what you ask. But he messed with, tried to mess with a pitch or create a pitch in the middle of a culture change because you're, you know, it's not just like, Hey, you're an hour time difference. Like you're on the other side. You're, I forget like 12, 13 hour time difference. Mm-hmm. So it's a complete culture shift when you go over to Asia to play. And then, um, yeah, you, there's only like three imports and they don't all have to be from the U S. So you're dealing with a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, he, Try to mess with a new pitch, couldn't figure it out right on the spot. I guess you get a short leash when you're an import over there, especially if you go over halfway through the season. And like it sucks. Hey, guaranteed money though. That's the that's one of the things about it Korea because he it was is. there. He was there for a short stint, I think, and then mm-hmm. got and then still got all his money, which was I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. Well, that'll play. That'll play for yeah. sure, especially over there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you amount. talked about swing changes. <laughs> right, yeah. right. You talked about swing changes from from year to year here, and I always find mm-hmm. this incredibly interesting. I mean, there's there's just so many you know people that have been through this similar story. I'm a similar guy with maybe more of the mindset of the things I'm throwing. I, I'm actually my dad just up like converted old high school and college footage of me. And I was just going through it. And of course he put it in like an hour clip that took like two days to download. So I got to go through and edit it. But yeah, you know, I'm just yeah. so disgusted by what I see. And I'm like, of course I was, of course I was throwing hard and terrible. I didn't, I was awful, you know, right. Um, right. those things, those swing changes, you know, what was, you know, what was the thing that really, you know, made you before, you know, I know you're talking about the data and stuff, but as you were going, sure. you know, looking at your numbers and seeing what, you know, what you were doing, why, 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 why was it just like, you know what? I got to do something different because I, I think there's a lot of kids that may think they need to do that. And yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that they pick the right why. Like for me, right. When I'm throwing my idea of what I grew up on as a, you know, Braves fan of the nineties, which was, you know, it was just pummeled in my head, throw strikes, get ground balls, be efficient, don't strike people out. And, you yeah. know, I was all state, couple no hitters, you know, they touch 87, probably sitting 85 in mm-hmm. high school and like just, mm-hmm. you know, unimpressive. That's pretty much the way I like to say it. And then that got me zero recruitment. And I walked onto a junior college a week before the fall semester. Like I was the new guy. And, yeah. you know, so with you, you know, you, you go through a swing change here and a pretty pivotal part of your career and see massive success. What, what was the, you know, what were you seeing when you were playing that was like, you know, something's wrong, something's off? Um, it was more, I think it was a lot of missed, like missed pitches to hit um, or, you know, bad ball flight on the pitches that I did get. Um, 
I would, I, I struggled on, on off speed quite a bit. I was, over, I overcommitted on a lot of breaking balls. Um, and then I would, uh, would kind of swing over a, a decent amount of changeups. Um, and I thought I, I didn't always do that in my career. Um, there was times when stuff was going really, was going really well. Um, so, you know, for me, I mean, I had eight years, eight years of experience before it was even like, Hey, I'm going to like, I'm going to just change philosophy. Um, the way that it was presented to me was probably the biggest, the biggest change. Like, I mean, Cody had put together a freaking like full blown slideshow of what he was doing when he was the hitting coach at, um, university of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. He's like, here's how we're going through stuff. Here's the data. Here's like the batted ball data of like, Hey, you hit a ball, you know, at 12 degrees and the, every baseball that was hit between like a 12 and 14 degree window. And, you know, I think it was whatever X year, like guys hit 800. And it was like, okay, well, what does that look like? What does a 12 to 14 degree angle look like? And you're like, okay. So it's a, like, you know, a line drive, like four feet over the in middle infielder sides. So using those numbers and relating them back to stuff that like we've heard for our entire life, Hey, hit line drives in the gaps or hit line drives over the infield. Mm -hmm. And then just being able to make, I guess, make my own conclusions on it. Um, that was big for me. I also, there was some, there was some like self, uh, self evaluation stuff that I went back and it was like, Hey, when was I hitting well? And what was I thinking? Um, and real quick, before I really get into that, this is kind of where the, I try to get a lot of my players to journal, um, journal their at bats, journal what they felt because they, they guys you played, I mean, you know, four or five games a weekend, and then you just kind of reset and do it all again the next week. Um, and make it, being able to make adjustments faster is going to separate people at a, at a younger age, especially. So if you are able to, Hey, this is what I was feeling in this time. Okay. Um, now, how do I make an adjustment and get out of it? Or uh, how do I stick with it? Or what do I have as a reference to go back to? Like, I'm not feeling great today. What was I feeling last week? Like I was going well, like what was, what was my thought? What was my, what was my thing to keep me to give me to slow down or, um, or stay within myself. And then just being able to like go fast transitions like that. Mm -hmm. That's going to be huge. I think journaling was a, was a big thing. Uh, when we didn't have scouting reports and stuff like that, would go would go back into the clubhouse or bring a comp a composition notebook into the into the dugout. And trust me, I got made fun of for it multiple times. Yeah, like I was, was that like, was one of the things I was going to ask about because yeah. I, you know, even this day and age with digital, you know, I mean, everybody's yeah. got their phone places, but you know, you got a guy that you know, I, I'm Doc Holiday did it. Um, I know Greg Maddox did it. Um, you know it. Yeah. You know. Uh, Roger Clemens did it, um, and it makes sense. You know, now you, obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But if I would have written down some of the cues, or even what pe I did to people, and what worked and what didn't, it's just so much easier to remember. Yeah. You know, the things to, to be successful, and and you know, with with you, you and I have always connected. You know, especially since you know when I when I re saw you beating me and yeah. pocket radar off the T exit below challenge. You know, <laughs> I was I just trying to represent yeah. for the POs and the uh, yeah. <laughs> the showcase that's funny i was hurting a little bit too we had like we were out <laughs> yeah. with, with, with a bunch of people before that that night before and it was like hey come do this executive challenge i'm like no no no. they're like you want a pocket radar i'm like all right fine <laughs> and then and then ran into uh swing man ran into uh, oh yeah 
And that was just like <laughs> the long drive champ for both right sides Jer- of the yeah, ball. Ran into Jeremy and he's hitting balls at freaking 106 miles an hour from both sides of the plate off the tee, like still training. And so I got him like, dude, I'm just hanging out, like meeting yeah. people, like having a good time in Nashville. <laughs> you're like, cheating. You're like, you're still working out. I'm like, I'm not working out anymore. <laughs> I'm not playing. I need to work out. But anyway, that's besides back. Um, but back to where I was leading with that. The um, the first thing, the first time anybody really told me to hit the ball in the air was 2012. It was uh, Barbara Garbet was my hitting coach. He was a Cuban guy. Um, and he knew that I was slow. So it was like, hey, you're, you have to get the ball on the ground. You're out. So in BP, if I didn't hit the ball in the air, he would kick me out of the cage. Now, to everybody – like the obviously listening to this, hitting the ball in the air just means that it does not hit the ground in the infield. Like that's what the idea of hit the ball in the air was. Like not hit the ball at a forty-five degree launch angle, like collapse the back shoulder and swing it up. Like it was like, hey, get good batted ball flight, hit like you know high, like low line drive to high line drive. Which, if we're looking at numbers, then it's going to be probably like an eight to a you know eight to a 25 degree launch angle, something within that window. And then if you're trying to let it eat or like, and you actually have the power to, you can elevate a little bit more. You hit the ball harder, you can hit the ball higher because those turn into home runs. Um, But for guys that don't hit the ball very hard, like you have to find that, kind of find that window of like, you know, driving a baseball um, just over the infielder's heads. So uh, for me, it was, you know, going back to what I was feeling when I was having success, I had, 2012, I had like 17 homers in 75 games or something like that. Um, had a pretty good, that's pretty okay. good split. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a pretty good. It was a pretty good split. Um, I was very aggressive. I think I had like nine or nine or ten first pitch home runs. Um, so, uh, you know, it was okay. What was I doing? I was being aggressive. I was hunting the fastball. Um, and those, I think, we're all on fastballs. So when I was, you know, got to the point where, Hey, I'm, I'm not catching up to Vivo. I'm swinging at breaking balls in the dirt. Something is breaking down mechanically. Um, I just wasn't myself and I, I wasn't having the success that I normally did. Let's take a look at, let's take a look at mechanics now, knowing that, you know, approach is about the same. I was still trying to hit the baseball, you know, uh, on the line. Um, probably not as high as I was when I was hitting in 2012, but I, I, you know, that approach didn't change too much for me to just um, not all of a sudden have all the success. So, you know, we're facing guys like Michael Kopech throwing a freaking 98 mile an hour yeah. invisible. Um, you know, Freed faced him. Uh, it was a Straka for the Braves. Um, I mean, we were facing dudes that were just coming up too, but at the same time, like I was 25 years old and 17 and, um, I was, I was like the old guy in high A, which is crazy to think about. And then, you know, facing these guys and I was like, these, these guys aren't any better than like when I was facing Aaron Sanchez. And, um, I don't think I ever faced Stroman, but, um, you know, there's no reason I'm not having success against them. So it was right. definitely, you know, there was a mechanical flaw. So that was my big thing. It was, it was just, there was a lot of stuff that kind of compounded together that, you know, made me go, okay push the chips in that doesn't mean that at 10 years old you need to push the chips all in there's obviously way more time for development than you know a 26 26 year old that um 
it makes me wonder, you know, the offensive strategy stuff. If you, you know, I'm always looking, like I said, hindsight, you look at things, you know, is at, at, let's say does 10 to 12 degrees change for a younger guy because of the field dimensions or does it mm-hmm. stay, you know, or is it the same? Is that a consistent number? It's pretty like, close to the same because of, you know, the field size does change. However, the exit velocity that's coming off their bat is different. So it's a little bit, it's lower, you know, they're not hitting balls 95 miles an hour. Um, So, you know, if you're hitting a ball 65, then it'll still get over the infield at, uh, you know, at 12 degrees. But if you're, you know, if you're only hitting at 45, then it might not make it out there. So your angles might change, your angles might change slightly. Right. I'm the I'm the weird trajectory nerd that's thinking about how does this work here? You know, it, yeah. it, I remember seeing um, you know like the rays that put the screens in the infield, and you got to mm-hmm. hit it over it and stuff like that, and just mm-hmm. being like, hmm, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. even the offensive strategy that I was kind of uh, brought up to is is uh, as simple as it is. It's just hit it where they're not standing. You know what I mean? Like that's just. About as exactly. as I like, and I I hit pretty well in high school, and then got to junior college, and saw ninety four was sink. Was like, no, okay, no, I'm, I'm out. I don't. I think, and I remember. I'm I out. specifically remember our head coach having a glove and a bat, and he goes, "Which one are you better at?" And I was like, "Well, obviously the glove, like throwing." He's, He's like, like "Put the not, bat down." You're, yeah, you're not hitter anymore. Like, <laughs> All right, I'm fine. I'm fine. That's, That's you're funny. not you're not hurting my feelings here. I was just hoping to help the team. You know. Right. Um, right. So. You know, you go in, you figure it out. Basically, mm-hmm. that that seems like if what's carried you up until this point, you know, mm-hmm. you being an instructor helping young guys, you know, there's trends in this in this game. And that's what's really what I've been enjoying about social media, us connecting on this and connecting with all kind of brains across. You working with Bobby um, and, and Hitchrex. The, I'm really interested in your thought process with this data and seeing everything with the kids because – you know, with me, I can see I can see spin without seeing spin. I don't need the rep soda to tell me. You know, I'm not going to be exactly on the number, but I can tell on the sharpness of the movement or the straightness or whatever the idea is to do it. Yeah, maybe like that's a banger or like that's a loose breaking ball. Like you, you right. know, and now, right. yeah, for and sure. the cue to the cue to fix it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. On the hitting side, I'm not so familiar with besides the angles and the other stuff. Right, I do for understand. Sure. You know. Or we have a rap soda hitting unit, and we get we it's uh, it's same thing, right? I see the ball, I see it go down, I'm like you top spin it, and they're like, "How'd you know?" And then the data comes up, and you're like, like, "Oh, look, see the ball's rotating like you, you just topped it." You use your eyes, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, this stuff wasn't around for you know until I think 2013 is when the first hit tracks hit the market, um, and they were kind of like way above, like they were the cutting edge stuff, like. You know, we had these had golf simulators and stuff like that, but nobody had ever done it with a moving baseball, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, tough. To my to my understanding, nobody had done it yet. There's there's probably you know somebody will correct me on that, but um, that's the first thing that I knew about it. I didn't even see it until 2000, and there, I'd never even heard of the track until like 2017, because um, this wasn't a big thing yet, and it was still very questioned. I think in the baseball community of using this data especially in the hitting community, using data in order to make yourself a better hitter. And like, ah, oh, it's just a toy. You know, it's a very expensive toy. When it's like, you dive down into it, how useful of a machine it is. It's pretty crazy. Um, so, you know, my biggest thing with using tech is it immediately validates or disproves what you're trying to do. 
And I think that's why a lot of people are scared to get on it and use it. it it's really easy to take a, to take a lesson client week after week. And if you don't have anything that's tracking it, be like, man, you're making real great progress. The only thing that you have to track is games, which is, you know, obviously number one, like if you're not producing in the game, like that's, you need to change something. But if we're not in season, then we don't have anything that we know is making adjustments. So, you know, parents are paying top dollar for instruction and, you know, you're in an off season, you don't have any games. All of a sudden you go through 10 weeks before, you know, 12 weeks in between seasons. And then it's like, okay, well, you just probably dropped, you know, thousand bucks, probably a little bit more if you're doing camps and clinics and stuff too. And you have no idea if they're getting better. Um, versus for, for me, I'm, I'm challenged day in and day out because like the numbers are there, like their last week's average below their last week's, you know, I don't, I don't worry as much about like the max and the max distance and stuff like that, but like, Hey, are you squaring the baseball up consistently? Um, that's my, my bigger thing. And I can track that through average velo or, um, hard hit average on the hit tracks itself. It's like, Hey, you squared the baseball up this today. Like you had as well as line drive percent. Um, like, Hey, you hit 60% line drives today and your average velo was the highest it's ever been. I'm like, today was the best session you've ever had. Don't worry about the outliers of like, Hey, you hit a ball really far or like you topped the ground ball to shortstop and you just, you hit it really hard. Like the hardest baseball, I believe, on Statcast is still Stanton at like 123. Yeah, and it was a double ground play. Ball. Oh, it was the ground play. play. Right? I yeah. remember the ground ball that went. It must have maybe it was like 119, but he had a ground ball triple one time in Florida, way back in Miami. Yeah. It was like ball up the middle by the second baseman. It went all the way to the wall. I'd have to pull it up on um, on one of the sites, but I'm sure it, it's it's there. It was uh, yeah, it was like 123 miles an hour. It was a ground ball. And it was a double play. So it was like, okay, great. Like you're at your max velo. Everybody knows he hits the ball really hard. Your max velo is, you know, 123, but it's like, you're still out. So like, it's still like what happened on the field. You're still out. Um, so, you know, back to what we're, we're talking about, I guess, with, with using the technology, what it allows us to do as well is give instantaneous feedback to players. And we're in that culture right now where everything's instant instant gratification you got likes on twitter instagram tiktok whatever um you know shares all that stuff so you're advancing gratification of being able to hit a baseball look back be like okay that's what it did and then get back into the cage and, and hit another one one of my kids the other day he's uh eighth grader hit a ball 95 miles an hour and um it was like 95 at 32 degrees which is like a it's big a boy, like a it's big a boy swing. It like yeah. projected it. I think it projected at like 379 feet. And in the video, he hits and he like finishes a swing. And like as he's finishing, he's like already looking at the TV. <laughs> it's fine. I'm like, Roma, can you just finish your swing first, please? Before you look at it, it's it's not going anywhere. It tracks. I have video from you from two years ago on this system. Like, <laughs> just swing. And uh, but what it does, it it adds like, some excitement factor. It adds some compete because kids are trying to beat their scores. They're trying to beat you know beat their best records and stuff like that. And if, you know, if the coach is, is doing their job and guiding them to try to beat the right numbers, like I said, like line drive percent or, you know, average velocity, then it's actually going to, I think, really benefit them. And it kind of holds them a little, holds them accountable for, for their work. Cause they know, Hey, I can't take swings off. 
if I take a swing off, my average velo is going to drop, or I'm going to hit a ground ball, my line yeah. drive percent is going to drop, and right. I don't, don't want miss that. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it's it, the numbers of that are very interesting for you to look at. Right? Yeah, that's pretty cool with hit tracks. Yeah, I don't. We haven't got all the way into that with uh, Rap Soto, um, but that that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, we run into the same thing on the pitching side, where you know I yeah. try to put. I I used to have the radar gun on the screen behind kids, and like as they're following through, they're like looking behind them, like, "What are you doing?" Like, you just they're like, the "I want to see it." Pitchers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's uh, it's there for four seconds. Like, I can change it. I can yeah. make it longer. I can make it shorter. Like, I feel yeah. like four seconds is enough, man. Like, yeah, it'll be so. But, it, but instantaneous feedback. So now you have the radar right. gun in front of you, down by home plate. They're able to like fully finish their pitch, and they're like, as they finish it, they can see the they can see the number turn on. So they're not yeah. in a rush to maybe change their mechanics or, um, you know, break have a, have a mechanical breakdown just to look at the velo. Right. So. Yeah. So I want to get into a little theory here and, and training um, player development questions here because, you know, we have mm -hmm. I'm sure you get a million questions every day. I know I do on, on the pitching side. But, you know, coming mm -hmm. from your your idea, I, I feel like, you know, it's going to be a little long question. So when I get a new guy and we're, you know, even in April right now, which is this might be one of the worst Little League um, rec ball idea like situations in California like we are just constantly the questions that I get from people that are asking me they were like well we went to Little League practice and he threw and then his arm hurts and his coach told him to go ice it and you know go home and then we went online and started googling and we found you and you know we're wondering yeah. what's going on and I was like well what was he doing before practice oh well he just got off the couch and went out there it's like well how's yeah. that you know you, you just that lack of education is just Mm -hmm. It's baffling sometimes, but in the same sense, you know, in, in the nineties and the two thousands, when I was growing up and there was nothing like just baseball tonight, that's all you had was just like, watch, watch it on TV, no DVR, see what you can. And then now mm -hmm. there's a surplus, right? There's, there's a, there's an even category of YouTube coaches, you know, people that are, you know, that are just getting their information from there. And, and yeah. I don't necessarily feel like people are testing any of the ideas. Actually, I, a lot of the ideas that we grew up with, I don't. I know it's just secondhand from somebody else, and no one's testing anything. And that's kind of yeah. where I got stuck, you know, in my career. So, if I get a kid, I have like a little. It, to me, I try to make correlations of things, right? I would, and they go, "How long is this going to take?" I'm like, "Well, it's going to take us six to eight weeks, just like the length of spring training, in order for them to understand like what they're trying to do." You know, most of the time they come in, they see the radar gun, they're in a new facility. California's an outside place. They're not used to being inside. They're not used to getting a, they're not used to getting feedback on every throw where they're like, oh, like Jake's like you said, don't take a ball off. We set speed limits all the time on kids where we're doing little shuffle fire, shuffle fire target practice games. And I go, it doesn't count if it's below 45. And they're like, yep. but, but my PR is 47. I'm like, that is literally the point. You need to learn how to throw hard and in the strike zone. We're just going to do it a little bit different way. And then we're going to create some points. We put a ball on the tee. We've got a couple of different targets. And I go, either I'm playing, either it's you versus me or it's me versus myself, right? And so just being engaged in that competitive game and trying to, like, beat something, like leveling up is what we call it, is, is, is something that's interesting. So I feel like, you know, it takes six to eight weeks to really understand kind of what you're doing to start this mastery process that turns into years, right? Mm -hmm. For you, you get a new guy, right? Like, what's what's that time frame like? Is it less than pitching? You know, I, I don't want to discredit hitting to pitching. 
I do right. feel like it may be more complicated than hitting. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I want to know your perspective. Yeah. Um, the, the complicated, that's always a fun, that's always a fun conversation. Which one's mm -hmm. more difficult, hitting or pitching? <laughs> right, um, right. Now, when we're talking about like coaching it or making like the finite changes, um, I, I think maybe pitching is maybe pitching is a little bit more difficult in that sense. Now, when we're talking about overall difficulty, like hitting takes it by far. But yeah, for sure. you don't you don't you're when you're by yourself on the mound, you don't have to worry about the added influence of somebody else right. um, changing your ability, like what you're doing. <laughs> So, hey, uh, allegedly, allegedly. Also, also get out of the way of 95 when you're getting brushed back or like, <laughs> oh, the slider's in the dirt. Um, and like, you know what you're throwing. The guy in the box does not know. So yeah. reactionary, uh, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, the time frame. I try to get people to go at least, you know, I, I try to get people to commit to at least one month. Um, I think that's just an easier number for people to pallet the first month of like, Hey, like we need, I need you every week, you know, for this amount of time. What I also try to do with it as well is obviously like giving Pelotero is helping me with this incredibly, like giving content for them to take home and work on, on their own with, uh, you know, with intent. Cause that's what I, I think we see so much. And, you know, we go to these rec ball um, situations and this, the, the, the ignorance that they're not knowing this of like, what do you need to do? Because, you know, whether the parents, either the parents didn't play or, you know, their coach maybe played, you know, and not knocking people that have only played high school baseball, but like they might have only played high school baseball or, or less. And they're going off of what they were told, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So when we're, you know, when we're living in the past in that sense, when that we've come so far in player development, you know, it's, it's only going to hurt that, that next generation versus you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, but you have guys that, you know, dedicated many, many, many hours to trying to figure out what's the best process, what's the safest process to get, you know, velo jumps. And uh, so why don't you like kind of, you know, give us the opportunity, the people that have put in all this time to give your kids a plan to get better. Um, so I, I give, you know, I try to get people to come in at least once a week um, I prefer them to come in multiple times. I'm, I'm in the middle of this, this shift to group training for multiple reasons. Perfect. Segue. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Segue. Uh, so it's like getting into group training, co more competition based, more accountability, um, and more for, and higher frequency of being in the building for, you know, the same or potentially less cost of like, you know, a private, a private lesson. Mm -hmm. So as well as, when you're in the facility, but as well as like doing the right stuff when you're at home, if you have a plan, um, you know, there's always something that can be done. There's people that don't have access to facilities all over the world. The Dominican Republic does not have access to our, you know, our 10,000 square foot baseball facility with a turf infield, another 6,500 square foot gym, all on the same premise. Can't Nobody has that. that. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be tight. Um, we want to get you out here at some point, obviously. But, you know, people don't have that. They don't have technology. Like, they don't have the, the, the you know, $20,000 hit track system. Like, and that's just per unit. Um, so they, do, they get it done without having all that stuff. Okay, how do they do it? You know, they work. They're constantly training. Um, when you're at the house, you know, I have guys try to bring a tennis ball to the house. I'm like, do your little defense, like, do your defensive drills at home off the wall. 
make mom and dad be like, put the ball down, you know, go to bed. Um, that's what I, I grew up playing. I literally remember playing ball in the hallway at my parents' house with my brother. And like the goal of the game was like, get the ball by the guy, like get the ball by. And we called it like wall ball or, or uh, um, hall ball or whatever. I don't even remember what we called it. But it was like, hey, I'm a goalie. You're a goalie. Try to get the ball by it. Oh, and you have to like catch it. You can't just like body it up or, right. you know, adding different variations of, of uh, making stuff fun, competing to also develop a skill. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like just make stuff up, like have fun, be athletic, like do stuff that, you know, is going to help you develop uh, hand-eye coordination, um, you know, body awareness. So the skills, the skills, right? Sure. So the, the, oh man, there were so many beautiful pieces of information right there. The skills and the development are something that I, you know, we look at in that same time frame. So I want to go back into that group idea for what we were doing and, and the frequency thing, right? I think the message that we are trying to convey is that if you actually understand what training like a professional major leaguer is, it's actually not that hard. You're just not allowed to do it because of the time frame, right? It's it's just like you said, like frequency was the keyword that got me going on that mm-hmm. because I don't think I I knew what every day was, but I also didn't know what every day was because I thought every day was like an hour or hour and a half. And like mm-hmm. not until you're trying to maintain 96 miles an hour with all your pitches and you do all your stuff. You know, I remember telling my wife right now and she was asking me, when I was kind of seeing how things were going in my career and I was making this transition from Florida to, to California and getting into the market, I, she was like, well, you know, she would be like, you're gone. Like from like 8 AM to like two, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm at the gym, um, throwing sliders, uh, sprints, mm-hmm. mobility work, like watching video, trying to figure it out. And then like two o'clock I got a session. Right. And then I've got, you know, a two, three, four, five, six. And she's like, you don't come home till then. What's going on? I'm like, it takes me like six to seven hours to get all this shit done. You know, right. and I got to start here because I got to be done by here. And then I got to do a whole nother thing and work and show, all, you know, do all your stuff and then go to sleep and wake up and do it all again. And that's when I realized I was like, I just don't have enough time in the day to maintain 96. And I remember my last season I went play, I couldn't get over 92. And I was like, all right, here's the answer. This is, this is definitely, let's, let's ride out the sunset. Let's win a ship and then get out of here. You know? um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it's very obvious that, um, you know, same thing with the Dominican. What I, and what, I mean, I'm not sure if you ever got a chance to go to the Academy in Monterey, but like I saw 12 year olds of 90, it blew my brain away. And then you find out he's a former big leaguer. He's five eleven, and he's never played travel ball or T-ball. Like he's never played that. So it's like the kid never wasted his time from four years old. And I get, right. you know, we, I had a six year old in the other day and this, this parent was watching the six year old and they were like, I can't believe the six year old's working with you. And I go, the dad literally wants him to learn how to throw better now. And so we're just going to give him two to three years. And he's also like this judo master champion at like six years old too. And he's like, yeah. he's like, we're not even playing baseball. He wants to play baseball. Right? right. And we hit and do stuff here and there, but we just want to learn how to throw better. He's like, he can't throw the ball to me and I don't know how to explain it to him. I'm like, all right. And so the kids started off at like 31 or something like that. And then yesterday hit 40 in like three weeks. And the dad's like, that's crazy. I'm like, you don't understand. 40 miles an hour is not that fast. Like, it's right. just, but right. It's like nine miles. But they see the nine miles an hour. Yeah, they're like, that's crazy. I'm like, eh, well, he was kind of pushing it from his ear. So it was like all risks there. That was pretty much the only right. thing that was working. So right. he hadn't even found something to like bring that freaking arm all the way through or anything. You know? Right. 
So yeah, it, it's it's interesting. So in a perfect world, you're saying I'm seeing you every week. Give me a month, right? Or every day. If I could see him every day for a month, we're gonna see some drastic, you know, type type stuff. You know, what what do you see as a common um increase that's very simple to understand maybe not in the data right is it is it awareness is it because i see i just see they're they're being more comfortable on the mound with them and they're like oh yeah we start talking about how to get guys out they start executing a little bit more they understand that they can start doing like moving the ball on purpose in certain places but what's that for a hitter after a month um i think you know we're going to see them square the baseball up more within within their you know, not obviously getting into data. Like we're going to see them, you know, flush the baseball more. They'll, they'll hit the ball more consistently um, on the barrel, which is you know hitting. Obviously, if we hit the ball on the barrel, we're going to have a better a better time, um, a little bit better, a better awareness of the strike zone, what pitches we need to swing at, what pitches we can handle versus what pitches we need to continue to work on. Um, typically, have players that have you know, better athleticism, better balance, better balance in the box. They're grounded better. They have better understanding of how to use their body. Um, you know, those, those kind of the, the basic mechanics of, uh, for me, like balance is, is so, so, so important. Um, hitting, pitching, whatever, if you start getting off of your center, then, you know, everything kind of falls one way or the other. Um, so just, that's one of the first things I try to get guys to do is just be super balanced, um, in their setup. I don't mess with their setup very much unless they're like completely absurd and then not getting into a balanced hitting position. So that's one of the first things I attack in the first month of their training is making sure like, Hey, here's about where we want to land. Oh, by the way, here's, you know, 60 videos of MLB hitters that like they all get into the same position, but look, but they all start differently. Uh A big pet peeve of mine is when coaches, the first time they work with a player, they're like, Hey, spread your feet out, get down hands right here. I'm like, you're like cookie cutting swings based off of like what you were told forever ago. I'm like, it's not, it's not that simple. Um, I very, I very rarely change someone's setup in the first, you know, two weeks of working with somebody. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, we're going to see better balance. We're going to see more consistent barrels. They're going to have better strike zone awareness and, uh, they're, they're going to have an idea of what they, they can handle and what they need to continue to work on. Yeah, it's uh, man, it, it's funny that when when you see them like do the same thing, you know, you you cookie cutter, right? I, I always, I recently, yeah. I've been really onto this because everybody just walks in, they say the same word every time. Mechanics. He needs better mechanics. I'm like, you don't even know what right. you're saying. You don't even. You, what what is what is mechanics? Yeah, like, like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, you're I not you're not at you. Firestone. You're not at the body shop, like trying to work on your engine or something. It doesn't work like that, right? Right. They're not all the and same. I, Right. Oh, and I, the other day I asked a parent too, I said, uh, have you ever seen two pitchers throw exactly the same? And they're like, no. And I'm like, that there's, there's, if that, if mechanics doesn't get fought on that idea, like that's it. Now the ideas of the movements of what's happening and the positioning may be called mechanics, but even then, you know, a lot of people are teaching the middle of the throw. Like I see this in the online more than anything. And like, you can't feel this. Can't feel it. Like it's a position that passes through. Yes, you want to be on time, but you know, there's people teaching starting there and they don't even realize that that's half of it and you can't feel where it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure you feel see the same thing on swings and 
you know how it goes there. And, and it, like I said, it's it's very been very easy for us to communicate over these ideas and, and how the game's going. And that's what's been fun about talking about this higher level game. And that's where I want to go with this is, you know, that I'm playing. I know I'm playing a different game. It's it's what every time like somebody gets in the box, you know. And I'm playing. I'm playing a speed range game of like fast, medium, slow. I'm I'm staying out of commonalities that happen in the big leagues. Like normally, most things don't happen three times in a row. And so you know, or if they do, it's almost guaranteed the opposite on the fourth. Right? If it's three heaters, then it's going to be a banger. If it's three bangers, then it's going to be a heater. You know, there's these little things that we learn as we're playing in the game. And I know that that could be considered an approach, but. I just find that every person has this idea. Like I saw your little smile right there, right when I said that. And like, if, if you were to give somebody one thing, you know what I mean? Uh, last night we were watching, um, we were watching, I had, I did a little advanced BP uh, session with some guys and I moved back a little bit, get to the edge. And then we set up the radar gun and I try to stay around 80 and then I'll dice them up. So I'm basically from like 52 feet and I'll just be like, all right, we'll start fastballs. And then we're just going to go fast, slow. And I'll say fastball, curveball, right? And I'll try to keep the speed range of the curveball within like 10 miles an hour or if not slower. If it's above it, then it's a little too easy for them to see. But trying to make them make decisions based on the initial movement, whether it's up or straight, right? So, yep. you know, with you on, on that, you know, what do you what do you feel about if you were to give somebody that little secret idea, maybe not the full secret, right, but maybe just – the one little thing that you were like, I, this is the thing that I just, I know it's a thing. And I know that, you know, young guys or even old guys could use it. Yeah. Um, I do that similar. I, I can't throw a freaking good curve. I'm going to have to work with you. I, I can't throw a good BP curveball. <laughs> I'll be yet. there. We'll get it. Dude, we'll get it. It's, we'll get it's, it. It's, that's a mess. I'm like, it was funny. I had a kid, 12 year old kid came in the other day. He goes, Hey, can you throw me curveballs in BP? I looked at his mom. I'm like, do I have consent to like miss and I'm going to hit him? <laughs> She's like, yeah, he's got a helmet on. He's you fine. sign the waiver. Sign the waiver. Yeah, you sign the waiver, right? You guys checked into the front desk. All right, cool, good. Um, just wanted to make sure, right? Cover my butt. But, uh, but yeah. So I do like doing that. Um, I've done that with a couple of my high school players specifically, where they, uh, you know, my cages are a little bit shorter. Uh, that's one thing I wish that I had. I wish I had a, a longer cage that I could do stuff like at fifty-two feet. Um, but we we do high velo machine, um, which I think is is big just for like forcing the body to start taking the mental break away from like recognizing and if your body's not syncing up then like mm -hmm. hey you're getting beat start earlier get uncomfortably like, get uncomfortable starting too early because you can always slow down time but we cannot create time and that's something that i that's a saying that i'll, I'll kind of use with my guys is like hey good. like hey, you can't rush whenever you see anybody rush with their pitch or rush with hitting and like the timing is like slam your front foot down shove your hands forward and push like push to get to the baseball I'm like versus if we're early like yeah you might go get it but that's just you know a byproduct of you not being able to hold your posture or hold your your body position forward or backward and or hold your butt like you know hold your torso back mm -hmm. um so you know that's where we'll we'll do that increase uh when i have players that have a difficulty with like super difficulty with timing i'll do something similar i stand at about 33 feet and i try to throw um, I think probably just under, it probably comes in like right around 60. I'm getting like at plate velocity through hit tracks. So it's usually like 56, 57 plate velocity. So it's about 60. Um, but it's out of the hand as well as I like come, I'll like throw from a set. Uh -huh. And then it's like, Hey, when do you got to get going? 
Oh, right. and also you have to recognize like where the pitch is and stuff like that. So I use that. Um, talking about like how to train for like the fast, slow thought process. Uh, a three plate drill is probably one of my favorites, um, but I need to do more. Honestly, it, it's one of my favorites and I used to do it a lot. Uh, I picked it up when I was with the Marlins, actually. Um, one of the few things that I, I think that I really held on to from them, from the hitting on the hitting philosophy side um, was, you know, you have your, of your normal home plate and then you'll do progressions where you walk up and then you walk back. The pitch speed doesn't change, uh-huh. but your perception of timing changes. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. you know, your, your reaction time changes. So all of a sudden, you know, we're standing at, I think I, I'm, Lacey can attest to this. He's like, this is the most, like, one of the most incredible things. I was like, I would be 20 feet from the machine throwing, you know, whatever, 55 miles an hour. And like, still able to make pretty good contact. It's like, how, but how do you do that? It's like, you literally, you're swinging, you know, you're swinging. Right. Which in hitting and hitting that, like the yes, yes, no approach of like swing until it's a ball. You're swinging until mm-hmm. it's a ball. It's literally what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you're like, commit, commit, commit. Okay. Release. Um, the walk up and then walk back is one of the bigger ones for me. It's just going to mess with it. It's just going to start getting guys to understand, Hey, you need to start earlier. Um, and now I want, you know, when they work their way back, I want you to start at the same time as you were when you're up front, but now like have an understanding of maybe you put your foot down slower or, you know, put your, start putting your foot down a little bit later, but get it up early. Um, be able to slow down time rather than you know having to try to create it. That's solid. That's good. I've never heard that drill. That, that's amazing. That's uh, I love how it's the timing change of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the situation um, it's, it's funny, you know, uh, I feel like we're, we're watching the game, but most people aren't watching the game, you know, like they don't understand that the situation will actually tell you what pitch is coming or what scenario, right. or what fast slower is. And so last night we were watching lefty on lefty. Let's see if we can do this. I, I bet you get it. I know you will lefty <laughs> on lefty. Runner on second, sixth inning, one out. Faster, slow, first pitch. Well, how many outs? One. One out. One out. Runner on second, sixth inning, lefty, lefty. Oh, and the lefty's a reliever that just entered the game. He just entered the game. Like first pitch? First pitch enter the game? I yeah. see. Sli- I, would get, I would go off speed. Yeah. yeah, like every it's, time I see like it's, it's like, like nine, it's like ninety nine percent, right? I went like, through. You I got a guy coming out of the pen. Doesn't matter right. if he throws a hundred. Like the first freaking pitch is a slider every time coming out yeah. of the pen. Every every yeah. time, every time, and it was hilarious. They were all like fat. There, one of the guys knew the reliever. He's like, "Oh, this dude throws ninety eight for sure, banger." I'm like, "Okay, here we go, uh, fast, 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 fast." And then he threw a ninety one dollar slider, and the guy was like, "Like just completely which out is, front," which is fast anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but right, right. Slow to him. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it was, you know, it, it cracks me up. You know, it's just I, I just feel like people aren't playing the game, and so right. you know, I've come up with this sheet of these things that I'm trying to help on both sides of it, where if you can categorize a pitcher into two speeds, it's actually easier to understand what's giving instead of worrying about the names, you know? Yes. And so in that situation, the guy ends up going slow, slow, fast, slow, fast, right? He ends up going to three, two gets a foul ball. And I was on the whole thing because they didn't realize that the reaction of the hitter was telling the pitcher what, what to do. Right. So he looks ugly absolutely disgusted bad body language after he misses the slider comes back obviously he's gonna throw it again those again i just the same thing in the big leagues and i'm sitting there telling these kids i'm like this is what happens if nobody's paying attention and he's like and the dad goes why do you think he's paying attention i go well the hitter 
is not looking at the pitcher. He's swinging and turning around and facing the dugout. So he's not even in the at-bat. He's just out of it because his body language is, and his focus is away from us. So he's trying to figure out, why did I just miss two sliders that were right there, right, or that I thought were fastballs, and what's coming now, right? He gets yep. back in the box, goes fastball up, starts his hands and just misses it. And it's like, man, you know, this guy's done. He's absolutely – he's guessing yeah. – you know what I mean? He's jumping at the ball because he's got to worry about 98, which respectfully, right? You got it. You got to worry about 98. You have to, right. you got to be ready for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's, like I said, it's just, it's a funny game to watch, you know, as people go through, because you just expose these ideas, and these things. And in high school, the most common sequence they see is fast, fast, slow. It's just like yeah. auto standard. Like you, you're going to get fast, fast, slow or fast, slow, fast. It's just what it is. Yep. Sorry. You know? And then it's even worse when you have pitching coaches and high school pitching coaches and college pitching coaches because it's called pattern recognition is what it's called as a hitter. And if you realize that there is one person calling the pitches for everybody, that guy's got the pattern. You don't even have to pick up the pitcher. You can just be like, Correct. what's this dude's common you know, flaws and what he's doing? So, Correct. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun game to, like, theorize over because you still got to hit the ball, right? You could be on mm-hmm. – you could absolutely be on and, and still foul it or miss it or, yeah, you know, they can, they they, can be hammering the trash can, but if you, uh, you know, you still got to hit it. Dude, that ball that Altuve hit off of Chapman <laughs> still is like frustrates me. I'm like, he throws the heaviest, most deceptive one one And he right. was out front hanging out over the plate on an 80 mile, an hour, 89 mile an hour, three foot slider. And he hit it out. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, of course he knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. You you can't not hit that pitch unless you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was funny that looking back at that. If you're talking about body language again, I remember when Chapman gave that up. He looked like pissed that he was like. I think Gary Sanchez put down slider like multiple times. Yeah, and he's like shook him the first time. And he's like, All right, whatever, and then throws it. And he gets the homer. He's like, that's when they're like saw yeah. him smiling. <laughs> yeah, he's and like, he got a big, he got a bunch of flack for that. He's like, yeah, I told you. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, you know, trust in the catcher, all this, that, and the other. So a um, couple of big things right there, body language determining, you know, from a, from a hitter or a pitcher listening to this, like, uh, you know, I think that body language is going to tell a lot. Body language can immediately enact confidence in your opponent. If you look all pissed off, then, you know, the opponent is going to be like, hey, I got, I got this guy. He's all in his own head. They all of a sudden, they relax. Guys, when you when you relax, you end up performing better. Your mechanics are your mechanics are better. You have more flow. Um, you have more confidence in your stuff. You're more prone to execution. Um, and so, body language is a, was a big takeaway from that for me. So, you know, just making sure that relax. You can also trick the pitcher sometimes with that body language stuff. I've seen Manny. that a bunch. That's a man that's a Manny stuff. Yeah. Fall I down could in never, the box first, I first could never do that. Huh? I could never do that. Um I, I don't know how he did. He would take freaking three break three fastballs right down the middle for strike three just to set up a later at bat and stuff. I was hearing stories about that. I'm like this guy's the best hitter ever. Um yeah. <laughs> and then he's, he's also, on another planet. For sure. Another He's plan. on another I don't, I don't know how people can think about doing that. And then the other topic would be pattern recognition. When you are on the bench, paying attention, helping your team in different ways, rather than just sitting there, like, 
would call it like fake energy, like the, like yelling at the pitcher and all this, that, and the other. It's just fake. It's so, oh my gosh, I'm going to go take a nap. Um, yeah, I was talking about this with Tewksbury the other day. And uh, I remember my high school, like we were, we were like super loud and all this, that, and the other. And he's like, yeah, but was it like fake energy or was it like, like you guys were genuine excitement? Because we averaged like 10.3 runs a game my senior year of high school or something like that. But um, yeah, I was like, for the most part, I was like, there was a lot of fake energy. Um, oh, the reason I even, that that conversation even happened, there was a local high school that they lost like a close game and the head coach was like, um, He's like, our, our dugout lost us this game. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? The dugout lost the game. The dugout wasn't in it enough. I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Like, right. It's like, the same. It's, that's the same idea when I tell people. You lost. Yeah. Like, that's, it wasn't the, the dugout didn't lose the game. The only way the dugout loses you a game is if you got your studs sitting on the bench instead of like getting them in the uh, game to score more sure. runs. Uh, I, I tell parents all the time. I'm like, what's the, what's the coach do in the game? What's, what's his job? Yeah, manage the game situations, yeah. put the right he people writes, in place. Right, he writes the lineup, and he tells you to score from third. He's literally not playing the game. I don't even understand why he's so mad. Why is he mad? Why is he mad? Yeah, you, you're done. He... Like, your job, your job, other than, like, you can be mad if you, like, put put the wrong person maybe into the situation or, um, you know, your, your hit and run call wasn't executed. The play wasn't executed. Right. Um, depending on the attempt. Like, right. there's good and there's bad. But I mean, my goodness, like half the time, you know, I've got, I, we could have an entirely another podcast just based off of like um, stories from coaches that I, that I hear on a daily basis and not to try to call anybody out. Obviously I'm not, I'm not going to like, I would never say names or stuff like that, but what I'm hearing, but it's, you know, it's just tough. Like day in and day out, I get, well, his coach did this, his coach said this. And I'm like, like, are we even trying? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I think it, it kind of makes me want to just make a freaking team, like make a high school program and go and just beat up on everybody because just we'll play a game of baseball. That. We'll talk oh, about God. that. That's yeah. the, yeah, it's, I, I, I totally agree, man. Cause it, it's, once you understand that he's not playing the game and you are swinging the bat and you are throwing the ball, like, I don't even care anymore what you're saying. Right. Like if, if I'm in the middle of the game and you're trying to talk about the height of my elbow or my knee not getting up to where it is, then I'm not thinking about me assassinating the guy in the box. It's just not it's just not the process of what happens. It just can't happen. You're, you're worrying about mechanics or you're wor versus right. worrying about like completing your approach or executing your approach. Right. He's the, not the getting time to, the time to prepare is done. The time to prepare is done. So mm -hmm. now it's like now we're in execution time. And, and that's what's funny is I've seen that plenty of times before. Like, hey. You know, um, when the game comes, it's 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 not time to practice anymore. You know, your your preparation has to take over. That's why we we talk about preparation. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, but coaches need to let it happen. Like the number of times I give a mechanical cue in the third base coach's box is zero. Like, the only thing we can say that there is maybe a timing cue. Okay, get your foot up a little earlier. Yeah. Like, start start sooner. Like, um, don't say that with me on the mound, though, because I can hear you. Right. right. <laughs> it's it, There's the other thing, too. It's like there's exactly. so many coaches that I remember playing and remember them being like, hey, move up in the box. And I remember being like, I can hear you. 
Like now yeah. I just throw a fastball. I don't even understand. You're like, what I'll you're just doing. go in with a fastball. You just gave yourself less time to hit this. Oh, cool. you weren't on time. How did you? How did you not be on time? I don't know. You moved up three feet, which completely sped the pitch up to your three plate drill, by the way, which makes total sense, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, I it, it's a weird. It is a weird but yet fun game, and I, you know, there's help and things that happen all the time, and and you know, I feel like we we addressed some surface things right here. I don't want to eat up too much of your time. We're right about an hour right now, and I mean, you and I have little oxygen on this podcast, you know, so I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that that you, you we every time we get together, it seems to be the time flies. I can't believe it. I feel like five seconds ago we just started this thing. So, just usually at midnight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. What, what happened? Who's who's? I had to wake up now, early, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you got it's on the grind. I gotta get, I gotta get you on that thing going, especially if you're getting that high school thing going. So, but dude, uh, once you let everybody know, okay, so where are you? If if you're in, I, I'll just I'll ruin it a little bit. If you're in Texas, right? He's somewhere yep. in Texas that big state. Where are you? How do they get a hold of you? What's the plans? What's coming up in the in in the uh, future for you? Um, so yeah, uh, Austin, Texas, just North in technically we're in Leander. We're about 20 minutes North of the city. Um, but yeah, any, anybody, I have guys that drive down from Waco up from San Antonio, kind of, they drive like an hour and a half each direction just to come, come work out with us. Um, nuclear baseball, Instagram, I need to be more active on it, but, uh, I do post a bunch more stories than, than posts. Um, my website is nuclearbaseball.com. Also, the facility that I'm helping run right now is 1A Performance Center. Um, Beautiful. We can Beautiful. kind of go through that. And that that's talking about from a facility standpoint, it's an all-inclusive. Like there's, you know, I think I mentioned it earlier today, 6,500 square foot gym. There's a turf infield. There's 10 outside cages um, that we do live at-bats in whenever, you know, the weather's bad. Um, and then we have, you know, 10,000 square foot indoor with all the tech and, you know, all the fun stuff that everybody likes to see now. So we uh, come see us, obviously, if, if you're in, in the greater, you know, central Texas area. And um, yeah, we'll be putting together some pretty cool stuff here in the not so distant future and just trying to affect and change and help um, as many players on the hitting side, as well as, you know, we have, we have some good pitching guys too. Yeah. And, Scott Lacey uh, is, um, he and I, Mm-hmm. We we have good conversations about particular individuals that you and I know that I'm always like, what are we doing? I'll have to tell you that off air about some stuff that I was like, yeah, what are we doing? Like I'm I confused, you know? know. So it is, it is what it is. So, well, dude, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time guys. Go get him a follow. If you happen to be in Texas, please, please him or anybody at that facility. I can't wait to get over there sometime. We're going to have to do an event and do some fun things. You know, maybe you'll step in the box. We can have a little, a little tango, you know, a little. I'm going to have to start hitting again. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we give everybody enough time to get ready. I need some lead. Yeah. Some, yeah. We need, I'm not saying tomorrow, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, right. you're not getting, you're not getting thrown into it right now. You know, I haven't stopped throwing in about 12 years, so I'm just going to keep That's this true. thing. I'm going to keep this guy running. You know what I mean? I think right. I threw, I was joking around yesterday. I think I threw BP four different times yesterday. And then in the, the last session, and we were counting up, I think I threw over a thousand baseballs yesterday. And they're like, how do you do that? And I was like, I know how to throw. It's pretty yeah. simple. I, know <laughs> how to throw. I use my body. And also it's not like I don't just stop yeah. on ice after the yeah, day. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. We're, we're like, like 20%. Shrinking. I was immediately like doing bands and just like hitting ISO yeah. holds. And his dad was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, well, I just got done throwing. I need to flush the arm and the shoulder. And he's like, what? And he's like, aren't you going to go ice? ice? 
Yeah, I was like, no, why would you ice? That's terrible. There was actually a study that came out the other day, um, uh, which makes sense that I've seen this on one of those like hard knocks hockey things. But apparently if you do a, if you cycle, like if you just do a bike for 10 minutes at like medium to low effort, which sounds like what you and I would be doing on our phones if we're working, like we're on a bike, mm-hmm. 10 minutes after whatever activity you did, the flush that goes with it is actually more beneficial than a STEM unit, which kind of hurt my brain for a second. I don't, 10 minutes on immediate, right. And so it, it kind of makes sense on the blood flow idea, right? Because it's active, but that's kind of a hockey move. That's what I saw in there. They get done. I think they have like a 20 minute ride at the end of their game, which is crazy thinking about how aggressive hockey is, right? Like yeah. just full, it's like three minute sprints on the ice and like six minutes off or whatever that rotation is or something like that. But I wonder if that's like a blood was, circulation thing too, because it's like, right. it has to go through like, you know, you're worrying about more of the total, the total limb or the, um, a bigger location rather than a STEM unit. Interesting. Like, I felt it really interesting. Localized. Like, I don't know. I, I like I like just to get on the bike just to like warm up. Like when I was when I used to go when you used to go to a gym. Remember remember when you used to go yeah. to like this yeah. warehouse gym? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Now I just anyway. do everything in my garage. So yeah, right. Yeah, I just go to work early and just move around. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, love being by myself here. This is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we'll do this. Awesome, is great. Nice. We got to do this again. Yeah, um, we got to get more no. people. I can have ten people at once on this thing, so it's pretty. Jeez. It's pretty exciting. So I, I really want to do a roundtable and get some more information. I appreciate your brain yeah. and and yeah. you know you taking a little time out of your day. So thanks again, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you want to check out any of our gear. It's always strikeout season. Um, I've been trying to push that up just a little bit, you know, so you can make sure you see it as well. We got to get you some shirts around it too on there. You know, get mm-hmm. the world and the baseball world need better, just better, and then better pitching shirts and better hitting shirts because there's just not enough. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, we'll exactly. I'm, big, I'm a big Nike fan, right? Big Nike mm-hmm. fan, but we could do better. We could just do better, yeah. Nike. You know, it's just it's another logo. Like, let's get yeah. a little cocky with it, right? Yeah. Right. Let's throw let's throw some nukes up there or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to make some. I need to make some better apparel too. That, that's on my on my list of my long yeah, list. We'll, stuff we'll, today, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Awesome. Appreciate Good it, stuff. man. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Off right now, all right? It was fun. Thanks, brother.